Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live. I am your host, Will Skywalker Still, Presented by Texas Family Fitness, streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Let's get this thing started. Boom! Got my guy, Foots the King, joining me today to talk about some of the Senior Bowl risers from Saturday's game. Three, two, I've got two guys. I specifically, specifically want to get at on the defensive side of the ball that I think the Cowboys can benefit from right now. And me and Foots are going to talk about those two guys as well as a few others that stood out in that game. So he'll be on later in the show. Really not that much farther in the show. First up, though, we're going to talk about in the roundup. Our guy, Jimmy Johnson, has some choice words for Jerry Jones. So we'll, we'll briefly touch on that. And then our rivals over there in New York, they're making some good moves. I'm going to kind of detail some of the good moves they made. I'm not saying the Cowboys should learn from the Giants. I mean, it's it's the G-men for crying out loud. But, I mean, I, I like what they've done. So we'll detail a little bit of that. Uh, and then there's a partnership announcement at the end of the roundup that I want to get into. And uh, uh, not briefly, just briefly talk about that uh, partnership. So appreciate you guys joining me this morning. Already see my guy, Mott. Talking about one of the guys that one of the players down at the Senior Bowl that I will be targeting and talking about later, as well as Foots. Foots the King will also be talking about him as well. So let me give some shout outs in the chat. Fresh Fade in the building, Mom Dukes, uh, Tom Downey Burner account, TC915, Zeus C, Mont CD Man. <laughs> Time out. I got to stop. So yesterday, on the way out, of the show. Y'all know how I always give a shout out to my guy, Stevie Mac, the mod guy, right? Well, I accidentally had a, a, a tongue tied yesterday and said, CD Mac, the mod God. And, and he's running, <laughs> he's running with it here. I like that. CD Mac 23, AKA Stevie Mac, the mod God, uh, miss Sheila B four seven Vic, uh, Jeremy Anello, Keith chef, Mackenzie, two time, two time, Roberto Ramirez, iceberg Q, Alpha Mason, Matt Goddix, Jeremy Parker, uh, Adam Mack in the building. Over here on Facebook, we got Chuck P, uh, John Garcia, Peter Rizzo, D.A. Lee, and C.J. Richards. Hope you had a good birthday yesterday, C.J. Um, Cowboys Nation definitely shouted you out, so that was pretty cool. Um, and for those that don't get a chance to see this show live, as I always say, run it back. It'll be a good show, and it'll be an informative show in regards to uh, the players from the Senior Bowl that you should be watching for. I'm telling you, the Cowboys are going to draft at the very minimum one, but probably two players uh, from the Senior Bowl, so so keep an eye out on that. I'm still tripping about C.D. Mack, the mod god. Hilarious, hilarious. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let me figure out some things on my end, if you don't mind. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Give me one sec. You know, when you do everything here, sometimes it doesn't want to operate like you wanted to operate, but we'll get it. All right, there's that. All right, let's hit this roundup. And then coming out of the roundup, we'll talk about the senior bowl with my guy, Foots the King. Let's do it. It's 
time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Yes, indeed. The morning roundup presented by Texas Family Fitness, a solution for your fitness goals. Strive for progress, not perfection. Fitness goals are not accomplished with one workout. Progress towards your goals with Texas Family Fitness. Check out any of the nine locations in the DFW area or visit TexasFamilyFitness.com and let them know that Skywalker Steel and A to Z Sports sent you if you happen to do so. Appreciate your time, Don. Appreciate you for the donation. He says, keep up the great work. Uh, coming into this roundup, I, I don't want to say give a shout out, but but I got to acknowledge that Cowboys rival, NFC East rival, New York Giants are doing some good things this offseason in regards to their hires. I've liked every single last one of their hires. And this isn't talking Giants, I know, but... I had this conversation with Fresh yesterday. Um, give the Giants about two years. Give them about two years with these guys. This is what the Giants did this offseason. By the way, they hired Wink Martindale, who was one of the defensive coordinators had Dan Quinn left, I would have liked to bring in here. Uh, but here's what they did this this offseason. They hired Joe Shane uh, as their general manager, who has 20 years of experience at, in the scouting department, executive department in the NFL with his last stop being assistant general manager with the Buffalo Bills since 2017. The Bills have started to turn it around. Um, Then Joe said, all right, I'm going to hire my guy from Buffalo, Brian DeBall, who is the offensive coordinator from Buffalo, uh, a hot candidate over the last few years, helped turn around Josh Allen and made him into one of the better quarterbacks, one of the top quarterbacks in this league. Right? So then... Shane and DeBall got their guy, their offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka, young offensive assistant and quarterback coach under Andy Reid's tree. Y'all know the trees I like. Andy Reid, anybody from under there, anybody from the Shanahan tree. Uh, then the Shanahan tree now is starting to branch out into the Kyle Shanahan tree, the, the McVay tree, etc. Those two trees are tried and true. May not always win the Super Bowl, but they are tried and true in this league. And they went out and got Mike Kafka. And then finally, they hired Wink Martindale yesterday officially. And uh, if you don't know who Wink Martindale is, just go look him up. Put together really good defenses in Baltimore. Brought an attitude. I won't say brought an attitude to Baltimore. They had an attitude, but he continued that attitude. Kind of a mad scientist, blitz happy guy. I, I, listen, I know Dak and the Cowboys do great against the blitz. So it's not so much about the Cowboys per se. It's just... In general, the Giants should be better with Joe Shane, DeBall, Mike Kafka, and Wink Martindale. If they can keep these guys together for three, four years, uh, I think you can see the Giants start to turn around a little bit. So they did it right. I, I you know They did it right. Now it's up to them to put the, the pieces around these talented coaches, in my opinion. It's up to them to do that. Will it be with a Daniel Jones? Who knows? <laughs> Will it be with... A Russell Wilson or whomever, who knows? But I do think they have the right guys in place. Next up, Jimmy Johnson went on Colin Cowherd's show, which I tune into every once in a while. Not not too too much. Of all the people I can I can deal with Cowherd the most in regards to these talking heads. He's definitely very flip floppy and he can be what he can be. 
But I don't mind Cowherd as much as some of the others. Um, he is what he is. Nonetheless, Jimmy went on his show, and this is what Jimmy Johnson had to say about Jerry Jones, which damn, just put Jimmy in the damn ring of honor. I don't, I don't know what he's waiting for. But anyway, Jimmy said, Jerry doesn't ever want to admit he's wrong, so he's got to hang with whomever and try to make it work. I think he really values the talent on the team so much that he feels like McCarthy can be successful and improve, especially with Quinn and Kellen Moore. A lot. A lot in that just one sentence. I didn't even listen to the whole thing. Just that Jerry doesn't want to admit when he's wrong. Absolutely correct. He'll never obviously come out and say it, but he also won't come out and say it with his actions. We talked about this, what, a few weeks ago when he came out and was quote-unquote big mad. A lot of Cowboys Nation say you're fake mad. If you're really mad, show me something, right? Show me how mad you are. Make a change. Do something. He did nothing. Uh, will do nothing. And a wide receiver coach doesn't count because the wide receiver coach in Dallas decided not to re-up his contract. <laughs> so, you know, Jerry really didn't do anything. He really wasn't big mad. And he didn't want to admit he was wrong with one of these coaches by getting rid of him. So he's hanging on, like Jimmy Johnson said. Then he said he really values the talent on the team so much that he feels like McCarthy can be successful and improve. That, that hits hard. And it, it stems all the way back. And this is probably Jimmy a little salty, but he's right, though. This is like putting salt on Jerry's McGriddle. It ain't good for you, but Jerry like it. Jerry need to hear this. Because this is the same stuff that happened in the 90s in regards to Jimmy and Jerry. He was so steadfast in putting talent on the team that he thought my talent can overcome no matter who I put as the head guy. What was his famous words about Jimmy? I can get in Joe Schmo to coach this team to a Super Bowl. I think he still feels that way, especially because the, the front office hasn't done a terrible job putting talent around. They, they do just enough talent-wise to stay relevant when loss. Just like coaching isn't the only thing that matters, talent isn't the only thing that matters. You need a good mesh of the two. And I feel like, and obviously Jimmy feels like Jerry doesn't necessarily believe that. He does, He feels like I could put anybody there, my yes man um, in front, and this talent will overtake anything that happens. I got your foot. Will to overtake anything that happens on the coaching front. Well, it doesn't work that way, Jerry. It doesn't work that way. Your coaching has to sometimes win you some games, sometimes help you out in these playoffs. And um, if he thinks that you're just going to line up all the talent in the world every single year, you got you got something coming for you this offseason. You're not going to be able to sign all these guys you got for the cheap. You're just not. You're not going to be able to sign some of these important starters that you drafted in 2018 um, and role players. Just not. That's why coaching really matters. This isn't pre-free agency anymore. Right? Like pre-free agency, I could sign anybody I want. Now you got free agency, and these guys don't know how to maneuver within the free agency market. The salary cap era. They don't know how to maneuver in that, so. That's where we're at. And then finally, 
new partnership alert. Yes, indeed. Partnership announcement here, man. The the Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Institute has joined A to Z Sports as a daily sponsor. Well, more so weekly, but a presenting sponsor. And that is because of the hard work here at A to Z Sports from uh, myself and Mauricio, our writers, our talented and hardworking CEOs, and our sales guy, Nick, who I have to give a shout-out to as well. The Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Institute provides arthroscopic and robotic-assisted surgery, foot and ankle surgery, sports medicine, physical therapy, and a ton more. They've got specialists in the Fort Worth area, Decatur, Mansfield, and they provide state-of-the-art orthopedic care to North Texas. They've been serving the DFW area for over 10 years and have some of the highest patient reviews in all of Texas. When it comes to medical care, you and your loved ones deserve the best possible experience. So schedule your hassle-free appointment today at osmifw.com. That is the morning roundup presented by Texas Family Fitness. Appreciate you guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. Appreciate you guys being patient with me. Now let's get into the fun stuff here. Got my guy Foots, the King, in the building here to talk Senior Bowl with your boy Skywalker. What's up, Foots? I am good, man. I, I'm actually, you know what? Let me bring you in. Now I got you. What's up, Foots? <laughs> you got me, Sky. I got you, you now, bro. I got you now. Yep. I'm in the building. <laughs> no, let me, let me get you. Let me get you. Hold on, hold on. He's in the building. Now we can officially get it started. <laughs> How's it going, bro? How, how'd your weekend go watching the Senior Bowl, man? Man, it was good. I um, it was a good weekend. You know, it's it was I was I was kind of underwhelmed by the quarterback play. Mm-hmm. I'm always rooting for good quarterback play, and I tell you why. You want good athletes to fall to you at 24. You want to just be able to stand in and pick. But I don't, unless pro days, and, you know, we have seen pro days. I'll never forget Zach Wilson's pro day. You know, he, he goes out there and everybody just forgets the the rest of the process and they just bump him to a number one pick overall <laughs> you know? because of pro day. So we've seen, we've seen pro days skyrocket some of these guys. But I got to tell you, man, I just didn't see it with the quarterbacks. But I saw some other good things that obviously we're about to talk about. Yeah, I got to laugh when you bring up Zach because you were at the forefront of the Zach Wilson slow down train. And, you know, I, and I wasn't on any front with Zach. I just thought these – I hope these quarterbacks get drafted so other players can fall. But um, so far, you know, Zach Wilson is, you know, he's been what you thought he'd be. So I got to give you a hat tip to that. <laughs> I, I, you, the, the, the problem that I – thank you, Scott. But, I mean, the problem that I had with Zach um, – that I just didn't see it against big-time competition. I'll never forget mm. when I saw him play against Coastal Carolina, who's an up-and-coming team. They run an up-and-coming scheme. I actually study a lot of their scheme. And he just he, he wasn't able to really rise to that occasion. When you're able to see a guy like a Joe Burrow, who uh, Alabama no, – Say it, say it, Mac Jones. In his career. Mac Jones, Mac Jones, man. You know, you, you see a guy like Mac Jones who's able to rise to the occasion and just do the – he does the, all the basic things right, and and I think there's still a lane for that in the NFL. Absolutely, man. I, and, again, I got to give you a hat tip to Mac, to Mac too, because you were pounding the table uh, for Mac Jones. 
And uh, you were definitely right on Mac. I think Mac is going to be a solid quarterback for his career in, in, in the NFL. And if he can get a, you know, Joe Burrow-type year out of him, might be in the Super Bowl at some point under Bill Belichick. Yeah, yeah. I think I think um, the reason why I was so high on Mac was because, again, the processing, the mental processing, he was able to mentally process the field. Um, everybody wanted to say it was his receivers, but that ball was out quick. Um, he he he's not a scheme specific quarterback. You can put him in any scheme, um, and I and I just hey man, I, I love this thing. So I love what yeah. we're doing it. And then with the quarterbacks here, I just didn't see it, Scott. Well, I let's just, I didn't see it. With, that's a good segue. Let's try to go ahead and bump up one of these quarterbacks, so one of these prospects can fall to Dallas. And quarterback Malik Willis was one of the guys that was on your list to kind of highlight here, who didn't really have a, a, a tremendous, you know, senior bowl, um, but Malik did. He did lead both teams in rushing with 54 yards, uh, had that big 27-yard play. But it's a pretty weak quarterback class. But but why would Malik Willis be a guy that, that one team could fall in love with? Malik Willis and Pickett. So, Willis, the thing about, and the thing about uh, Willis is the athleticism is real, mm-hmm. and there is a lane for quarterbacks of that caliber in the NFL now, Sky. If you, if you have a scheme to where I know – there are Baltimore fans who are mad at the way that they use Lamar Jackson. But the truth of the matter is, is one of them a lot of games. They've been to the playoffs multiple times, and there are teams out here who will take that versus just being awful. His, his calves are huge. He can actually make big throws. The problem with Willis is I don't think that he's been in a scheme where he was in Liberty to where they asked him to do NFL things. So he's going to need a year. But the upside with Willis is crazy. And he may not even need a year. It may be one of those things where he goes to a team where you have a guy and you could kind of bridge him in. But the upside and the athleticism and the twitch is crazy with Willis. So it's it's more so his athleticism. Does he have a does he have one of those arms that you can work with or is this an inaccurate type of guy um that you gotta kinda sit on the bench for a couple years? The arm is there. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to tread lightly when, when talking about accuracy because I'll be honest with you, I was not high on Josh Allen. So you just gave me praises <laughs> for two guys that I love. I was not high on Josh Allen coming out. But I always say this, development doesn't stop when you get to the NFL. Right. So a good team, a good culture, a good situation will continue to develop him. He has a great feel for the play speed of the game. He does. Uh, 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 Sky. So as long as you can have a plan, which again, a lot of teams don't because there's so much coaching turnover and GM turnover. Right. So if you have a specific plan for Willis, we're going to stick to this plan. I tell people this all the time. Pat Mahomes coming out was not the cleanest prospect. You can see this it. Wasn't. You can still, still yeah. kind of see it. Dude, at Texas Tech, he did some of the stuff he did in the second half of that Bengals game. Just just not making good reads, just kind of throwing the ball around, just playing loosey-goosey, mm-hmm. and it cost them. Yep. And so, then you look at the other I side of the ball. I just say the kids can get better. Yeah. And you yeah. look at the other side of the ball, like a Joe Burrow, who wasn't doing all that stuff, was more of your, your technical guy, uh, just made the plays that needed to be made. And look where he's sitting at right now, coming back from 18-point deficit. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Now, on the other side of the ball, I, I want to attack a position that we both were kind of not high on 
as of right now, at least, and that's defensive end. Um, I do when I say high end, I don't mean because there's not good defense ends. I mean because Dallas, if they bring back their two edges, I don't know that they need to reach in the first or second round for a defensive end. But if they don't, you know, with the whole Demarcus Lawrence thing, maybe they could be in play. Um, and they're one of those guys was Boye uh, was it Mafe? Always, always figure out say that wrong. Yeah, but Boye Mafe, who six four two sixty five, had a pretty good, not pretty good, really good day. I think it was a national player of the game with two sacks, two tackles for loss, and a forced fumble. Um, he's starting to put yeah. together some things uh, out of Minnesota, you know, blending that athleticism with a, a bunch of a bag of moves is what I like to say. A bag of moves to blend with his athleticism. Did he put himself up there with the Hutchinsons, the the, the Kayvons, the, uh, the, the cat from Purdue? Did he put himself up there or right outside of that? So he's – Literally right outside of that. Okay. But if you can get him in the mid-second, um, depending on what happens with all these tackles, and again, quarterbacks, and, and, and safety play, there's some good safeties in this class, Sky. I do believe that because I, I like him. I'll be honest with you, because the tape, I'm not going to say I like him more than Jermaine Johnson, but you see that twist coming off that edge, baby. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? You see that. You see him being able to – to dip and, and, and rip and get under tackles, um, and he can run. And so the issue that he's going to be he's going to be the correct flavor for certain GMs. If you're in a three four scheme, um, this is your guy. I think he could play some outside three four. And if you're in a four three scheme, I don't look at him as really a run stopping DN, but he can do it. But the thing that he can do that I like is that he can get up the field and he his rush doesn't lose juice. From what I saw on film and then what he was able to to to, to put on 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 the um and in, in, in the senior bowl tape, his rush doesn't lose juice. Really good center of gravity. I, I like him a lot, man. I do. I, I I tell you this. Did he play his way in the first going r- against and people are gonna say he's not up there with the Aiden Hutchinsons and blah blah blah. But here's the thing. His dominance against good tackles in the Big Ten I hold that that has some merit, Scott. It does. Mm. Did, did he put himself squarely in that in the first round though? After the Senior Bowl performance, in the first round, no. Okay. No. So he so he's round. potential no. if, a potential if, day if, two if pick. A hard, if you need a hard answer, a potential day two pick. But let the process happen. It, yeah. It, it, we're still early. It's still a lot to happen. Hey man, I saw some some edges go early. You know, top five before cat out of Clemson. Um, yet last year the one cat from uh, was in Miami that people were kind of um, not feeling. I think two Miami DEs went in the first round that people were like, ah, I'm not You're sure. About so Jalen Phillips. Well, Phillips, Both I actually like Phillips, well but Russo was the other guy. Okay. So, like you said, let it play out. Ooh, you know, it could happen. That's it. Yeah, a lot of people cough cough Vach hated Russo. And then he comes, he turns around, he put together a really nice year this had year. Had a solid season, yeah. Gregory Rousseau had a really good year. See, I don't think it, it wouldn't shock yeah. me if, if Boye went, especially if there becomes a run on, you know, not a, just a run, because he's got Hutchinson's and Kayvon or, or, you know, top five type of talents, but uh, Karloftis as well. If those guys go in the top 15, I, I think he's in the conversation. If teams are looking to get themselves maybe a versatile type of guy that could play the, the, the three, four edge. Uh, outside linebacker or four three defensive end, so it wouldn't shock me. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Karlakis is another one. George Karlakis is really good. Yeah, he um, he got some juice. The difference is, 
Yeah, that that's it right there, Sky. We're talking about juice now. And so when you're talking about juice, those guys go. I agree. I just don't – I so are we talking in text of where we see them or for Dallas? Because for Dallas, you know where Foots is. Yeah, well, <laughs> where we see them, yes, yes. Yeah, for yeah, because because think about it, we we got to remember this guy. There's only really 22 true first round grades, depending on who you're asking. Sure. So if you start having those fringe first rounders, and it's a need of yours, they will start going off the board. So I agree with you there. I, I would stay. I don't. I don't really want to go de at at 24. Uh, even if you get rid of a D law, I'm. I think there's other players I, I like more. Um, and I think you'll get a. You'll have a chance to get a really damn good one at 24, regardless. Uh, whether you believe he's the, you know, twenty second best player in the draft or the the twenty eighth, I think at twenty four you'll get a good guy. Um, what about this guy here? And I want to bring up this player because we're kind of stacked in a way. I hate to use the term stacked, but we're crowded at the three tech position. But the MVP, of the Senior Bowl, uh, Perion Winfrey, uh, had himself a day, man. Two sacks uh, at the Senior Bowl MVP. And like I said, at first glance, when you look at the three-tech position, you're not really, you know, flushed. Or you're not really trying to grab that position early because you got three guys in tow, and two of them are under contract for multiple years. But if you get a talented guy that falls into your lap at, at a value rate, you got you you got to pull that trigger, right? Is Perion Win- Winfrey one of those guys, Foots? Hey man, he had a great, great senior bowl. Um, him and a couple other players that we'll talk about in that defensive line. The defensive line really dominated. Yeah, the offensive line, line was for the struggling. most part, they had a rough one. They had a rough go of it, and and I think Oklahoma now is starting to put some defensive athletes into the league. Um, now I don't know how that's going to change with Lincoln Riley leaving, but they are putting some athletes into the league. Um, I, I thought I thought Winfrey did good, but I think that you kind of had that on this team already. Um, with the you know with Osa and what you have with to come in and help a team right away. I don't have him in the first round, but I definitely have him in that second round area. I, I would go the only really special deep tackle that I have, and this just because he's so huge is Jordan Davis. Well, Tackles <laughs> we're starting to see now. Yeah, we're starting to see now those guys that three techs are. Look at the guys on this screen. Third round third round, second round, you're not going to draft a three-tech, even a one, really, unless he's just that great well, in the I, first round. It, 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 it's just not a value for me. I, listen, What's your please, thoughts, Scott? I don't know. I'm – I, I'm which well one tech I mean three tech yeah I, I kind of stay away from it but but there are a couple guys obviously they fall to you, you know Perion Winfrey you got Wyatt the cat from Georgia like if those guys fall to you at at a value rate I wouldn't be afraid to to pull the trigger obviously depends who else is on the on the roster uh, or who else is on the board um, Osa I feel good about Osa being my guy moving forward Neville he started off strong when he came back kind of faded really interested to see Neville Gallimore. Um, next year so I don't feel the pressure to take a three tech early unless you get good value but when you talk about Jordan Davis or the other guy we'll talk about here in a second boy I mean I, I know you don't take one text oh, early we can but, talk about it oh, I'm gonna get to, we, we can talk to about it you know what let's just go ahead <laughs> let's just go ahead because I, I I fell in love with Jordan Davis last year so I, it's kind of cheating in regards mm. to to one text mm. I, I you know he's one of my favorite players in this draft but if you lose out on a Jordan Davis, Travis Jones 
is a hell of a consolation prize. I would be <laughs> ecstatic to get a Travis Jones. Yeah. I have two players I think would make the Cowboys defense better right now, and we're about to talk about them. And the first one is Travis Jones, man. 6'4", six th- six about 326, 330. And I, when you say bully, th- this guy is, is a bully. He, he puts he puts yeah. offensive linemen in the quarterback's lap from a pass rushing standpoint, and he can play, I think, in multiple gaps because he's, he's just good. Um, but – because he plays a certain position, he may fall down to you. But I, I love Travis Jones, man. What you got on him? You know, Scott, I I would not I would not be opposed to doing this. And this is part of let's make everything around Micah Micah friendly because yeah. you do have the best defensive player moving forward in the NFL. I truly I truly believe that with his mindset, with his athleticism. And so, if you want to put a guy like like you said, he's going to collapse pocket he just is mm-hmm. and, and, and and people have to understand i was reading something the other day everybody wants edge 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 pressure well we got to realize that so many of these quarterbacks have gotten so good at being able to elude yes. edge pressure or you even watch with burrow where he just one subtle step or even with mahomes he just slides to the right slides to the left and then he he just that edge pressure they're just flying up field and then they're, they're just out to play but when you have a guy who can play after play, not only in the run game, but even on pass rushdowns, if you want to blitz Micah off the edge and he has that bend that is like Von Miller, but if you want to blitz Micah off the edge, you have a guy who can, like you said, two-gap? We have a two-gapping nose tackle? Oh, sign me up. Like, I'm talking about over mm-hmm. the process, you may end up looking at Travis Jones and say, hey, what if I go Jones linebacker guard? You could do it because oh, I think so- he made himself a lot. He was – he so you're thinking Jones in, the, you know in, I mean? in on day one. See, I think because of his position, it could possibly slide him down, but depends how far down, right? Uh, oh, man, that's tough. I still would go Jordan Davis. If I'm going to pick one of the two, I think I'd so go. So if, if Jordan Davis was there, I'm going Jordan Davis. Yeah. But I, I think the thinking is, I don't think that, I don't think that pick 56, Travis Jones will be off the board. Ah. Uh. So, but, See, if he's, but, I would hope he'd be there again because of the position. If you're saying, hey, hey, Sky, hey, Foots, you're not going to take a one-tech in round one or Jordan Davis or Travis Jones in round one, can you wait for one of them to fall round two? I Travis might. That position seems to always fall. That, listen, listen, I, I, I'm with you. I, I completely, so the position does seem to fall, but I guess what I'm saying is the pairing. Mm-hmm. Because do you say okay? Let's say let's say let's say Dean falls, which is very realistic. Let's say one of our <laughs> linebackers fall. Let's say a linebacker comes up out of nowhere like the kid did this year from the Skins. Um, uh, the linebacker from the Skins. Uh, Kentucky. And so let's, Kentucky cat. Yeah, Kentucky backer. And then and then you have a guy who you trust. Davis. Uh, who, who's who's sitting who's sitting on the board, and let's say Davis falls, or let's say let's say Dean falls. Would you go? Let's say now you're making your defense out outrageous if you go N'Kobe Dean and Travis Ooh. Jones in a second if he's sitting there. Listen, would you? What's would you? Making me happy. Does that? Does that? Do, does that? Do, what do you that think about make, that now? That I, makes me very happy. I'm at the point now. If I, once I get the round two, I, I don't care about what your positional value is. I don't. So if you if you're one of those people that say ah you cannot take a one tech with at 56, I don't care. Will he make my defense better? 
And I think that Travis Jones will help make your defense better, and he will help Micah Parsons. He'll help uh, Nicobe Dean or whomever it is at linebacker. He'll help your edges because he can push that pocket. Um, as much as we love Osa, right? Like, like Osa is the three tech. Um, we'll see what Neville will do, right? We'll see what Neville will do in regards to the second year. Do we really have a pocket pusher? I, I think with Quentin Bohanna, he's six-round pick, right? One tech. Coach even said it. We want Quentin to do this. We want to keep him right here, right over the nose, and just gobble up blocks, right? Just be in the way. And I think Quentin Bohanna will get better, but Travis Jones right now has ridiculous strength to put people in their laps, and I think he'll help everybody around him. So I don't care about the positional value in the second round. I would definitely take a Travis Jones at 56. Yeah, I mean, you, now you we're talking about Dan Quinn and his plan. If it's me, I'm, I'm with making one side of the ball elite because I do want to draft another linebacker with Micah. Because I, I think that you have to rethink this team and how we want to attack teams and how we want to play football. Right. So I'm putting another backer with Micah Parsons and Jabril Cox. Well, I'm redoing that room let's, for sure. Let's talk about a backer that is very under the radar probably because of, you know, he's not the darling of, you know, Lloyd and Dean. But, but you, man, listen, man, you told me to check this cat out, Chad Muma. Bruh, I would not mind a Chad Muma here, man. He led the senior bowl in tackling, you know, which is no surprise. The dude is a freaking tackling machine. He had 142 tackles in his senior year. Um, he's a converted safety to linebacker, but don't think about Keanu Neal. This dude is, is much more natural at that position, I think, in both the run game and the passing game. And he doesn't technically fit the Dan Quinn measurements, which is, you know, under I'm like 6'1 to 6'3" under 235, 230, but usually it doesn't matter if you have the athleticism and you can cover, and that's what Chad Muma yeah. can do. I am trying my hardest not to, you know, there's there's players I try not to fall in love with because I don't want to get caught up on, on draft day and get mad, but, man, you know, Dean, Lloyd, cool, those are those are the top guys in the first round, but this Chad Muma cap, brother, you want to talk about a second-round backer, I you kind of got me liking this dude a lot. Him, um, with with Chad, man, it's it's the diagnosis. It's it, when you watch the game tape on him, man, he's knifing through from the Mike backer position. So the size doesn't matter because he's so well studied. He's such a good, um, he's such a reading reactor. He's Sean Lee, same type <laughs> of athlete as Sean Lee. I, I try not to do the, it without the injury issues. I think oh, he, yeah. I think he's a little better athletically than uh, not little. I think he's better than athletically than Sean, but I think the mental game, right? The the ability to mm -hmm. to knife through and 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 have uh, tackles and guard miss the block, right? Uh, the finesse part of the game, I think, is Sean Lee esque. But um, I think he's he has some athleticism to him. I do because he played that safety position. Yeah, oh, he does. Oh yeah, you you see him turn and run. You saw him making a bunch of tackles in the game. The thing that I like about Muma is he can be your true Mike. And, mm. again, you can let Micah do whatever he wants. See, see, yeah. And I think Micah wants to do whatever he wants. It, it, so it's not one of those things. There were just times last year where, you know, even in the San Fran game where if Micah wasn't in the middle of that defense, you knew they were going to exploit it. Right. Well, there are going to be times where we want to exploit one of their weaknesses, and we can use Micah as that joker, as that chess piece to do what he wants and still not have to worry about 
the middle of the defense being exploited or them doing and running games, he'll be able to make plays. And I just think that with Muma, the, the biggest thing is the tackling production is real. Yes. And when you saw him, when you saw him at the Senior Bowl against other D1 athletes, he didn't look out of place. Sometimes you get these small school guys, and and, and see, this is not Leighton Vanderus because he's a much faster athlete. People he's, are saying, "Hey, I wouldn't take Muma at 24." Be careful because him and and and, and I don't know if we're going to talk about Troy Anderson, but if they run four sub four or five, you can forget it because. The NFL is now a measurable game. Yeah. And, I, I, and, 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 and whether, whether you like it or point. not, that's you, what the NFL has become, uh, Scott. That, that's a good point. You brought up uh, Muma and, and Troy Anderson. I would actually – I'd rather uh, Muma. I think Muma is is more uh, natural in the position. I think Troy is still learning the position. He relies mostly on that athleticism, which he has. And you're right. If they go to this uh, combine, and they run a a four five two right or four five five or four four nine or something crazy like that. You're going to see both of their their stock skyrocket. That's just how it happens, right? If they run a, a great shuttle, uh, it's their their stock is going to rise. Um, I think I think he'd be a good value in a second though. I don't know that I, I you know, twenty four would seem a bit rich, especially if you got a Nicole Dean or or, or, or Lloyd. Um, on the yeah, board if you, if you or, have Dean or Lloyd, they're better players. If, if you're looking at linebacker, yeah, if those two guys are still there, a couple other players too. We we talked about offensive linemen last week. You know, there's other guys I take over him, um, but I'm I'm more so looking at him as a possible day two selection at at, at 56 if he's there, and if you don't go linebacker in round one. Let me ask you this, guy. And I don't have to jump off, Scott, so we're good for time. Oh, you good? Let me oh, ask yeah, you. I was going. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, no, no, you good, home. We good. We we got we can roll. So last year, and this is very well documented. It's on my channel. And now that I got Sky on, we now that I'm doing these these hits with Sky, I know he'll be able to pull this tape up for this year. Last year, I was so high on Nick Bolton, I thought it was a crime that he wasn't if not the first linebacker, the second linebacker drafted. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens is you have a kid like Jamin Davis, runs out of this world, yep. looks all world in, in shorts, and he jumps him. I think you even even had a couple – Zayvon Collins jumped him. And who I was high on Zayvon, but I always was extremely high on Nick Bolton because of the instincts. What happens this year, outside of Joker, who had some injury issues, and Micah, Nick Bolton was the best linebacker. Oh, what was it? One of the best rookie linebackers for sure, and he played great in the playoffs. In the playoffs, Nick Bolton was Nick Bolton, out of this world. If it wasn't for Micah, Nick Bolton would be who everybody talked about. Um, I, I think I think a lot of us had had the top three right. At least at least those that I you know you I think Jeff we all were kind of in the same boat. I can't remember who Vach's top three. I, I don't know if he liked Davis that much, but I think we all love Bolton, Micah, and and Joker J O K. I, a lot of people mix yeah. those guys up. They some had Bolton number one, some had JOK number one, some had Micah number one. But all three of those guys balled out, and I think it was obvious to see it um, on tape uh, in, in college. Whereas Davis, it was very his tape was good, but it wasn't better than those guys. But guess what? He ran fast, <laughs> and his his, his stock skyrocketed. And, 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 that, and that's what we're talking about here with yeah. Moma. Hey, again at twenty four. You're 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 done. You're out of really true first round grades unless somebody slips. Now we're not saying that 
Muma should be a for a one hundred percent first round pick. No. But I'll tell you this, I I would have never drafted Leighton Van Der Esch eighteen. I was very upset when they drafted him that high. And it happened. So crazier things have happened. So don't sit here on February what's today's day, Scott? I don't know. February ninth. Don't sit here on February 9th and tell me that it can't happen, and then we wake up and, and Mooma's flying up boards. Because another thing that people have to remember, all right, people have to remember this. When these coaches get these guys on a whiteboard, they want to know what do they know. If it's They one... want to know. I'm going to tell you right now, Mooma's going to pass that test with flying colors. Flying colors. That's what I tell you. If it's one thing um, you should not say in draft world is – this player can't in the in XX round. This player won't in XX round. That that should just not even be in your vocabulary because there's a ton of players that Absolutely. go higher than they need to and a ton of players that drop further than they should. Um, it's just a matter of you evaluating that player. And Chad Muma is a, just a really good football player, in my opinion, um, and I think he belongs in that conversation with some of these other top linebackers. He's just not, you know, at the moment, Probably not better than those guys, but it doesn't mean he won't be in the league. He won't be a good player in this league. I think he'd be fanta- a fantastic fit, and you hit it spot on, Foots. A guy who can play that middle and allow Micah Parsons to roam around, be it as a will, be it as an edge rusher in the 4-3 over, whatever you want to do with Micah. He'll he allow Micah mm-hmm, to do that mm-hmm. because he can cover. He can cover for Micah. Not cover mm-hmm. literally, but cover for Micah if Micah is shooting you know, using his athleticism or what have you. By the way, Micah has a high football IQ too. So you pair both of those guys' IQs together. You know, good luck running if, if they get go untouched. And I think Muma untouched um, is really good. I don't really know. I haven't seen enough of him dealing with contact. Maybe you have uh, at the point of attack and, and shedding in regards to when he's, you know, having engagement. I know he can maneuver and finesse his way around blockers, but I don't know how he is when he's yeah. engaged. We get on um, – LVE a lot about that. And I think his tape is significantly better than LVE coming out. I think the Boise State connection is the reason why Leighton Van Der Esch got picked to Dallas so high. A lot of people didn't have that cat going 17th overall. At the very high, the, the yeah, highest yeah. it was lower Ridiculous. than the first round. Yeah, that was pretty high. And I think it's the Boise connection. Yeah, and, then, and see, again, I'm trying to change the outlook of this football team. Um, and I do believe that there is still – uh, ways to play great defense in the league. And when you have a great defensive player, when the Ravens had Ray Lewis, they continued to build around Ray Lewis. They mm-hmm. brought in Haloti Nada. They brought in they, – he, but Ray Lewis was the centerpiece of that defense. And they were in every game. They won championships. And I just think that when you have a player like Michael Parsons, you have to build like that. The, 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 time, the, the days of building around Zeke and all that, that's over. It came and it went. Now you have a stud, stud linebacker who I believe that this defense next year will go out and win you games. You have um, Trevon Diggs. You have good cornerback play on the back end with Kelvin Joseph, who's going to continue to grow. I, why not make this defense A1? And so that's I, what I'm I, thinking. No, I'm with you. Uh, you know, the, the same way that we use these Romo-friendly, Dak-friendly terms, yeah, make it Micah-friendly. Beef up the front seven. The games are won in the trenches, right? We talk about that all the time. Some cliches are cliches for a reason because they're true. But if you can beef up the front seven, don't just stop because you drafted three guys last year for a guy. Keep going. Keep adding talent. I'm I'm greedy. I said this before. Give me all the yeah. talent and let's figure this thing out up front and let's allocate 
you know, the necessary resources up there. Uh, I would not be mad at all if your first two picks went, you know, offensive line, defensive line, or, or switched, right? Because you're beefing up a very important part of winning football games. Um, real quick, though, Matt Owen, my guy, Professor O, he said he, he's not going to lie. He'd go nuclear if we took Muma in round one. <laughs> it needed to be nuclear option when everyone was uh, targeted. Uh, I, I agree. I, I think that Muma in round one would have to be everybody's wiped out. So I, you know, I'm not necessarily saying take him in round one because I think there's going to be better players on the board. Uh, but round two, I would, I'd live with it if if there's nobody better on the board or if he's depends where you have him ranked at. If I so if I'm drafting right now, I'm getting a guard in the first round. Like that's who, and my my guard is has been Zion Johnson. I'm, I'm I hope I didn't uh, jump the gun on him, Sky, but that's been my guy. He was in my first mock. I put him in my second mock. He went and made me look really, really smart. Um, yeah, matter of fact, he was probably the only lineman. Let me go grab, ahead, go ahead, let me, no, let me grab your. I'm glad you brought that up because I know we wanted. You got more time now, so I was going to try to go through it. But yeah, you did a round, a three round mock, which I'm going to bring up here and drop in the chat for everybody. Uh, go ahead and go over your 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 three round mock and let's kind of evaluate that. Okay, so in my three round, I actually went, I went Zion Johnson at pick 24. Then I went ahead and went um, Troy Anderson, Montana State, uh, <clears throat> um, Montana State linebacker at pick 88. I mean, pick 56 and then 88. I went back to the well at guard and tackle. I mean, excuse me, at guard and center. And I went um, UT Chattanooga uh, 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 O-lineman. So let me write and this down. And the reason down. why is because. Let me just write it down so we can all yeah. get a look here. You had Zion round one. Yeah. Right. And round two was who again? And round two, Sky, I went ahead and went. Um, I went Troy Anderson. Now, Anderson. Troy Anderson is a lot like Muma, but the difference is, I think that he, as much as we like the way that Muma runs, I think that to dare you, I think that he may run a little bit better. I think so. I too. think that he may run a little bit better. Yeah, Anderson. The thing about Anderson is, I think that that running back background. You're talking about a guy who's going to blaze, and I know you, now fans are mad because they're like, you know, oh, hey, oh, uh, you know, uh, 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 there's no way I would go him in the first. Okay, so if you don't want to go linebacker in the first, but if you want to stud in the second, then you go Troy Anderson. And then I went Cole Strange in the third round. Cole Strange, so, yeah. I, I, I know I'm all over the place. Yeah, no, I'm no, no, Strange, no. And he was one of the guys I told you to watch. Well, we can break it down there. You So you went two – offensive lineman you're trying to rebuild the trenches we're just doing it offensively in this this version of your round your mock draft um i'm not i'm not mad yeah. at it uh I, I still don't know where i'm at with strange just quite yet and obviously zion will be out yeah. an excellent decision um in the first round but you know i i applaud the effort to retool this offensive line uh troy anderson i like troy anderson i'd rather i'd rather go with muma if it was between the two, only okay. be, only because I think that's, Muma that's good, is more ready. But but I hear what you're saying mm-hmm. with Troy. I think Troy, we're we're taking the traits, right? We're taking the athleticism and the belief that he's only going to get better at that position because he only played it one year. So I'm not mad at that thought process that's either. True. Yeah, and if you want another name, man, who I think that is really hasn't been talked about because of the scene, but this is also that whole. Let's let the process play out. Is Leo Chanel, you know, Wisconsin linebacker. Wisconsin puts really good linebackers and and just athletes in the NFL. 
And so, um, but Chenault, we just haven't seen him throughout this process. But once it goes to senior, I mean, excuse me, combine and, and you know, all of these different uh, uh, series where they're working out and all this type of stuff, then we'll start, you know, pro days. Right. Then we'll start to see Chenault, like, you'll see, because you're talking about a guy that's jacked up, ready to go, um, can play in the middle, can run, can blitz. I, I had a few issues with his diagnosis. But other than that, man, I, I would I would have no problem drafting Leo Chenault in the second round and being good to go. So the thinking, though, especially for Zion and Cole Strange, Zion, to me, passed every test at the Senior Bowl, Scott. Did he? With that center, Power, he able to play center? Oh, my God. Power, strength, I mean, play strength, punch, square. I see somebody, Matt Owen. I was just about to say, yeah. Yeah, what do you think I about that? I have no issues. I, 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 love, I actually, I think now, because there are so many quicker three techs, you actually want – uh, not smaller guards, but guards who where, what he what he lacks in arm length. Hey, he makes up for and he short sets very well. He plays in the phone booth very very well. His feet are amazing. Okay, he he came from a system when he was in he junior college clamps, where it man. was a lot of oh my god, dog hand hand placement is amazing. Um, and that's the same thing with Strange, but on on Johnson. The biggest thing with Johnson is he can play guard and center. And, oh, by the way, Sky, he's physical. He's not getting bullied. He's not letting D. Lyman. Like, D. Lyman pretty much knew that after the rep, they weren't going to be able to bully him. Let me tell you something about the NFL. These guys know when you saw. Mm. They just do. Unfortunately, guys, they knew that Tyler Beattis, if nothing else, we could just walk him in the Dak's lap. And that did Same mess thing with Dak. That messed with, with Dak a lot. Yeah, same thing with Connor. Same thing with Connor. I know Vach would find reps that Connor did good. Connor is not strong and he's not physical. Connor so serviceable. Is, that's as far as yeah. that's as far as he he's went. Serviceable. Serviceable. And this team is showing you, Sky, that they are not going to put Lyle Connor as a guard for whatever reason. We'll see. I I I I think that needs to be the move this offseason. If not, you know, then then Lyle needs to come in shape, not get suspended and be the good Lyle that we saw some of the time this season. Um, so, But if they aren't going to move him to, to left guard, then, yeah, I'm taking a Green or a Zion or whomever if they're there. I think those are the elite blue-chip guys in round one. And so you think that Zion's ability – I will not say ability, but him showing that he could play center at the Senior Bowl will make his stock rise? Because I don't know if he's – I don't know if I see him as a center just yet, though. Or is it just the fact that so, he's versatile in that sense that, hey, if you need him to slide over there in a pinch, that makes him that much better? Man, I just – I think – so he stayed after um, to work a lot of center reps. Um, you know, I think that he's a guard in the NFL, but the fact that he has the position flex, I know position flex uh, kills people sometimes. And I see a lot of comments, and I, let me address this real quick, guys. I see sure, a lot sure. of comments about how guys, quote-unquote, get beat at the senior bowl. Let me just say this, all right, and I want everybody to really, really understand this, okay? In the senior bowl, all right, these reps and these drills are designed for the D linemen to win. 
okay? You have to take what's happening into context. Mm -hmm. There's no play being ran. There's literally, you have all this space, especially at tackle, you have all this space to make moves. Now, you have to know and train your eyes for what you're looking for. You're looking for, okay, are his feet good? Yeah, are his base, is his base good? If he gets walked back, is he able to anchor down? Yes, because this is just one rep. Guess what? D linemen get tired as the game goes on too. So that's why you have to watch the tape. I saw Zion, yeah, he lost a rep or two um, to Jones, but is Jones going to be fresh the whole drive? Probably not. He lost a rep or two to, you know, a, a few other D tackles, but he also won more reps than he lost. And same with, with Strange. I thought Strange's punch, I thought Strange had the best punch out of any of the interior linemen here. Hmm. Cole Strange. Now he's smaller, but he's physical. And that's the difference. Beatish is not. Yeah, so you, we have to really understand what we're looking at. Yeah, I ain't even mad at you for saying that because I, if, if you said, give describe your players, right, up and down the line of scrimmage, I, I don't think I would use the term physical for Tyler Beatish. He feels more get-in-the-way-ish, right, uh, which is fine exactly. from my tight end. But for my center, I need you to be able to move and turn Get to the se- he can get to the second level pretty decent. I ain't going. I'm not going to be mad at him with that. But when it comes to being physical and moving men, I don't know that I see that. No, nah, I do know. I don't see that in the Tyler Biotis. Uh Somebody in the chat said, "Well, if we draft a center, um, do you bench Tyler?" It depends. If you if you're drafting a center in the top in the day one or two, you're you're probably looking at Tyler Biotis being done here as a starter. Uh, if you get a, a Cole Strange, uh, can Cole Strange play center? I didn't ask you that. Yes, okay. yes, yes. He took some reps at center, and he, and he didn't. He didn't look bad. Okay, so if you get, I mean, if you again, get... people. I, I put a rep. I put a rep with him and Jones, guy, on my Twitter, and it, to the naked eye, it'll look like, oh my God, Jones walked him back. But his initial punch stoned him. If it's a run play, Jones wasn't even out of his stance by the time Strange popped him. Okay, so that's a win for Strange. Well, let me tell you me, something. He's, he's gonna stand in there and fight. Travis Jones puts a lot of people on their ass. So, it, it, you know, it's not it's not right. bad that it might have happened to a Cole Strange. This guy is a really good, strong, powerful man. Um, and, and there's tape out there, good tape of Cole, too. So, but, yeah. Yeah. Now, now okay, you, you brought up a great question, and we're really giving the people what they want this morning. I love it. If you draft Tyler Lindenbaum, That's whoever a game. was in the position – yeah, like so. Be honest, he's out. Out. He's, he's your backup gone. center, which yeah. might not be a bad thing because we didn't have a true backup center. <laughs> Sky's talking my language. Let me and Sky go ahead and GM this thing. Let's get this thing home. <laughs> you, he's out. You you want to you want to turn around? He could fall. You want to turn around your offensive line right now? You draft Tyler Linderbaum. You move Lyle Collins to left guard and less boogie, as my guy Vach would say. Less boogie, and then you could draft. And then you you could look if you. If if somehow Linderbaum gets to you, which crazier things have happened because the good thing is a lot of these D linemen are gonna fly up board. Especially after pro days. And I mean after pro days, a lot of these D linemen are gonna fly up boards. What you need is those receivers to really go crazy. You need all these receivers to run like four three, four four. You need a lot of blazing yeah. time. Oh, now, you need times. You need you need you need times from those guys. Now here's the thing. Um and I, I often say this, and I, I don't ever shun mock drafts right now. I consider these early mock drafts because everything can change after free agency. So let me throw some hypotheticals there at, at, at you here. 
in free agency, the Cowboys, you know, we don't do a ton of big money things, but we do some things that could slightly alter what we do early in the draft. So what if the Cowboys go out and get a Quan Alexander foots or uh, a Neville Hewitt or one of those linebackers cheap deal come in? What, what if they go out and get a, I think my guy, uh, CD Mac now, but Stevie Mac, my guy said, uh, Ryan Jensen, you know, a center in free agency. That's a, a mean people mover, nasty guy, veteran could come in. I think he'd play great next to, Zach Martin, what if you go out there and you address those things? Do you completely knock those positions off of your day one, day two boards, or do you still go ahead and try to attack them? Obviously, I think center you might knock out, but linebacker, do you would you still put that up there day one, day two if you if you sign a guy like Quan? That's uh, interesting. I, yeah. I think Dallas has done – I think in the past, guy Dallas has brought in those free agents and still drafted Still drafted. Just to create, yeah, just to create. So I think I, I think I would still draft at the position because if nothing else, you have depth. Like this year, I mean, we had plans for Keanu Neal and just didn't happen, but Curse came through for us, so it was cool. But you still drafted, you still doubled down even at the position, even after, even after you knew yeah. that Keanu Neal was going to make the switch to linebacker. You still doubled down. Yep. And so with Dallas doubling down at linebacker, then doubling down at corner, I think that this year you could double down at guard and center or guard and tackle. You know, I, I think that because I, I I hear the receiver talk. I've already heard it on Twitter. I'm not going to sign up for that. Not me. For who? You know, I think that we'll be – I'm not going to sign up for the receiver talk. We need to get more physical in the, middle of, uh, in the middle of this offensive line, and we need to continue to play good defense in the middle of our defense. I, man, I would I would really be upset if the Cowboys went receiver early. I, there, there's no need to do that. Absolutely none. No. Uh, you, you got more glaring needs, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I think to, if there was one position to double up, if you had to rank A, let's rank some double up positions. I feel like linebacker is one, two, and three. You, you don't have enough linebackers on this roster or really just – Period. You don't have enough bodies. I was going to say proven linebackers, but you don't got enough bodies. Foot. You got Micah Parsons and you got Jabril Cox. Who knows what's going to happen with Luke Gifford. Francis Bernard is a fringe roster guy. He's not anybody you're counting on. So you, you technically really have two guys you're invested in moving forward here in Jabril Cox and Micah Parsons. And Cox is coming off of the ACL injury. So I think linebacker, regardless if you draft, I'm sorry, if you sign a Quan Alexander, unless you sign a Lua Quan, but, you know, that's probably out of our price range. Um, you you double down. You go get you two guys, maybe in the first, maybe in the fourth or whatever, but you go get you two guys that come in here, fits the Dan Quinn mold, and hopefully you can hit on one. Uh, that way they can be a part of this core moving forward because you, you you need some reliability next to Micah because of the way you use him. You know what I'm saying? Like they use Micah to rush. Absolutely. And when they move him away from that, you're you're suffering, right? You're, you're suffering with an LVE when he's back there by himself, a Keanu Neal. Uh, when he's back there by himself, I don't want to have to do that. I want Micah to remain a a a master of all trades. I'm not going to sit here and say a jack. He a master of all trades, and to do that, you got to have some good linebackers next to him. I think. Listen, I I think you have to, and I'm not mad at like a name like Quan Alexander fits what we like to do, uh, fast flowing player. Right. So I'm not mad at that line of thinking, but again. Dallas has shown that they can have quick and, and excellent turnaround through the draft. So let's just draft well. Like, 
Linderbaum to me fixes a lot. Dude, the so feels so good, man. I don't. I don't even it, like it, the pump it, ups. It's a real thing. Centers like that, to be honest with you. But this, he's 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 a he's a special type of talent, man. And he's not big dude, but because of his wrestling background, yep. it's kind of similar to Osa, right? Where he uses leverage and he has he can anchor. He's strong. He may not be a power guy like a, a you know three hundred forty pound dude, but he's strong physically at the point of attack. He he can get up. I like him a whole lot. I don't even know if he's going to be there, but if he is, it'd be hard pressed to move on from him. Well, you drafted you drafted Zach Martin at what seventeen. I'm not gonna say it because again, on draft day people forget how to draft. <laughs> and what happens is they start getting excited and start forgetting needs that they have. Uh, there's a lot of bad I mean, you look at the Bengals. Now, it didn't turn out as bad because Jamar Chase has been that good. But the Bengals needed to draft an offensive lineman, and I was just watching some of their tape being ready for the Super Bowl. Yeah, and it's like their offensive line isn't bad. Yeah, let's it's atrocious. Let's say this, but, because, but they they're able to they're able to do it because people are, are like, well, see, draft community was getting at the Bengals for not taking an offensive lineman. I mean, they took Jamar Chase. No one's mad they took Jamar Chase. But let's not mistake. Both things can be right. Yeah, they got the pick right. But they also still needed an offensive lineman, y'all. Like, their offensive line is trash. So, you know, I don't think they would have went wrong had they took a Slater at that position because they needed that. Uh, But Jamar Chase is just Jamar Chase, so you can't be mad uh, at that. Uh, Got got a quick super chat real quick, if you don't mind, Foots. I know you got to get going here in a quick second, but I appreciate you. No, we locked in, man. I appreciate the OT, brother. This is is great. I love talking draft with you, fam. Super chat. Um, John John Mayberry, appreciate you for the $10 donation, he says. Hey, Sky and Foots, we have to get Dak more under center and less in shotgun. Absolutely agree. Uh, he is way better quarterback under center. We have to double down on O-line and get back to running the football. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with anything you said right there, uh, uh, John Mayberry. I, I, hey, can I jump in on that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I love what you're saying. And I'm going to take it a step further. When it comes to under center versus shotgun, and I talk to my coaches a lot about this. One of my coaches actually is watching my man, Coach Swag, my head coach, and he's a he's an offensive-minded guy as well. Um, um, under center runs hit harder than gun. Under center also allows the play action to develop yes. harder as well, if faster. And so I, I do I, I like what he's saying. That's actually a really good super chat. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, if you go look at the first half of the season, when we did go under center more, we were more successful. And when we were in shotgun, we didn't just do shotgun right up the A-gap. We were pulling. We were doing pre-snap motion. We were trapping. We were wham blocking. There was a lot going on to to make the defense have to think. Um, when, you, when you're in shotgun and you're not doing any of that, you make it a lot easier for the defense to, to dictate to you, right? Even in the passing game. I, you know, I went back the other day and was just watching old highlights. Just I happen to do that. I know you do that sometimes too. When you football junkie, sometimes you just happen to stumble across some old highlights of your favorite team or whatever, right? And I'm watching us in right. the in the uh, what's it, the two, the, the mid two thousands or what have you, and then that later Romo days. Uh, you know how many times we were under center foot, so we just came from under center and, and dropped back one, two, three, four, five, boom, as opposed to shotgun one, two, and you know. Step, 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 and we're waiting for somebody to become open. I feel like if we go back under center, the things that 
Kellen Moore wants to do from a route progression standpoint will work better than in shotgun because it gives your, you know, it gives the offensive, I'm sorry, it gives the receivers more time to develop the routes. If they're not going to change the way they run these routes or the route tree or the scheme, then you need to go back under center to let them develop, in my opinion. I agree, man, and dumb some of these things down. You know, um, I, it's, it's, it's the scheme. The scheme needs a real. It needs tweak. Over it, it needs a real. It needs. It, 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 I think facelift, man. I think that, and and this is not going to turn into the Kellen more bad show, but I think Kellen needs to slow down. Think about this is why drafting guard and just changing some of what we like to do in our mindset. Sure. I do. I like what Danny Savage is saying too about another running back as well. We'll talk about that later, Scott. We got plenty of time all off season. Mm-hmm. But to me, to me, we need to slow down and not try to be so multiple. And let's get good at a couple things that we do well. And let's just stay in that realm and let's live there and let's be great at that. Versus one week we're in all four wide, the next week we're running that diamond formation with two guards in the backfield. We don't have any rhyme reason for what we're doing. Rhyme reason. We don't have any rhyme reason for what we're doing offensively, and it shows. When you turn on a Tennessee tape, Tennessee tape, they're running downhill all game. When you turn on the Niners, they're running, you know, they're they're running Kyle Shanahan system. When you turn on what the Bengals are doing, you know, so we need to have a Rams rhyme or reason for what we're doing. I mean, the Rams, look, yeah. Look at the the Rams and in, in the in the in the Cincinnati Bengals. None of those teams are particularly amazing running teams. They can run the ball efficiently, and they have fall. You know, I don't want to say fallbacks, but they have an identity in both the passing and the run game. The Rams like to bunch you up, right? They don't spread the field out a ton. You might see that they empty, they go empty a lot, but that doesn't mean they're running five wide all the way across the line of scrimmage. They do a lot of bunch formation, right? They they like to kind of keep the 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 uh, line of scrimmage cluttered so that their wide receivers can have some two way goes and and get on un, go untouched specifically. Right, their number one wide receiver, Cooper Cup. You know, it's called game planning, mm-hmm. and you know, <laughs> game planning to get your guy open. But they do it differently. But they have an identity in how they do it. I said this a lot, and I'll continue to ask: What is Kellen Moore's identity, both in the ground, on the ground, and in the air? There really isn't one. There, there's a principle, right? There's the the Zampezi Air Coriel principle. But what is the what is his identity for either of those? There isn't one. It just seems to be, I hate to keep saying this because it sounds now kind of like you're getting on them, but a collection of plays like Brian Broad has said. Yeah, that's it. Instead of a scheme, you're scheming guys over. You have a plan. You're doing certain things. If you want to be a team that, I mean, whatever you do, just be great. Try to do so much. We don't have any rhyme or reason. Like, and then I just think that sometimes we overthink these athletes. Like, bruh, if you want to just have Uh-oh. Breaking up just a little bit, Foots. It's too much. My bad. You you were breaking up just a little bit. What would you say? No, no, no. I was just saying is even as far as, like, when you look at when you look at how the Bengals use Jamar Chase, it's slant, it's quick game, it's deep yeah. out. That's it. Yep. It's nine. It's not. Like that, com- that's four routes. It's not complicated. Not, it, they, they don't make it complicated. I mean, look at Cooper Cup, man. Coop, Cooper Cup was looked at as a purely slot guy, but he's used everywhere. 
Same thing with with they. Uh, if you go look at how they're using uh, Odell Beckham, they have a plan for how they use these guys. I just don't see it in the passing game with the Dallas Cowboys right now. Uh, they're they're requiring Dak to go to the line of scrimmage and be Peyton Manning, and that's cool every yeah, once in a while because yeah. I mean I don't I think Dak is a high IQ football guy, but when you're when you don't have a uh, a counter within your passing scheme, it becomes easier in my opinion for teams to to trick you. Um, and when you're when you're asking a guy who's not freaking Peyton Manning to go to the line of scrimmage and have to guess the defense every single time you throw the ball pre snap, you're 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 gonna you're gonna have trouble, man. You're gonna have trouble if he's not Peyton. And even Peyton, if you look at when he struggled, it was against teams that confused him. So you know, you're right. We need to have yeah. a fallback. Uh, we need to have something. We need to have an identity offensively. And I think it starts with getting somebody in that room with Kellen because Kellen's not a lost cause. He's just young. Um, if he can get get somebody in that room, I think it'll help him. If not, yeah, <laughs> just gonna need this talent to be able to overcome. Yeah, no, and I think you know, well, the draft will tell us a lot, and that's why we're here. So indeed, we'll see. Hey, Foots, man, this has yeah. been freaking awesome. This was basically kind of a uh, on the clock draft series show. I haven't started that just yet, but you're definitely gonna be uh, one of my top guys. I will reach out to. Uh, when it comes all things draft and obviously Cowboys too, man. I appreciate you joining me today, brother. Man, listen, make me, throw me the alley-oop, bro. I think B. <laughs> Sesmith has become legendary and legendary. And I like, I, I just want to say shout-out to the chat box. You guys are bringing some great questions. Yes. Whether you guys like a player, love a player, that's cool because that's what happens in these uh, these deep debates, man. So it's cool. And, and just remember this, you're going to have to stand on your tape when, when, when it's time to draft and once we get these guys and then they obviously turn out to be uh, what they're going to be. But, uh, but thanks for having me, Sky. Um, as always, man, I, 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 I always say that you're the best quarterback in the game on the YouTube game, and I stand Heavy. by that. So it is what it is. Heavy, man. I appreciate you, dog. You are top flight elite when it comes to this, this draft stuff, man. That's why I reach out to you, period. Um, you and among, among others, but you're definitely up there. You're a pillar of this community, brother. So continue to keep grinding, continue to keep shining, man. And uh, plug plug your stuff real quick. Cowboys Nation TV and then at Fuss the King. Y'all know where I'm at. And then on Twitter, I'm always fighting people. And then like Sky, I tell y'all, I don't hate Dak, man. Let's watch the <laughs> let's watch the let's watch the let's watch the Super Bowl. Let's just watch it and enjoy it. Um, yeah, I got no dog in that fight, bro. Trash, man. No, me neither. I'm gonna just watch. It's gonna be fun. I, I I'll I'll be happy for either franchise. Obviously, the Cincinnati, right? Uh, been been a long time. I, they never won a Super Bowl. Uh, haven't won a championship since I think what, Paul Brown or what have you, something like that. And I do like Joe Burrow. He's so cool. And on the other side, I've always thought that Matt Stafford was a phenomenal talent at quarterback. Just couldn't. He hadn't been a winner. He gets to an organization that has one, and look where he's at. So that that to me should tell you that if you put place good players in the right situations they'll have the potential to win a Super Bowl. So, uh, to me, either one of these That's teams right, win, yeah. you know, would be great. And they both did it differently. The Rams pushed the chips all into the table over the last four years, and they're here. The Bengals, they want more so the draft route, and, and they've signed free agents as opposed to making these crazy trades. And they're both showing you NFL fans that there's multiple ways to skin a damn cat. Dallas just got to find a damn cat. <laughs> All right, brother. You take it easy, That's man. That's this guy. Appreciate hey, man. You. Much love. Thank you for having me. Peace. Peace.
my man Foots the King. Y'all clap it up for Foots, man. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Good stuff. Like I said, I haven't technically started the On the Clock draft series, but this was kind of that. Uh, last year, I had a, an amazing time doing that. I had guys like Jonathan Owning on the show, Foots the King. Um, I think we have Vach on one, uh, Jeff Cavanaugh. Uh, this year, I'm going to try to bring back that entire gang. John is tough to get to now. He's with PFF. Uh, and we're going to try to get Brian on the show as well. I, again, I, I have the tape and things like that for some of these these players, but I don't have a chance to. I'm not Dave Krugler. I'm not Dave and these. I can't watch 150 prospects. I can give you a couple rounds, but I rely on these guys that spend all this time on the tape to listen to, read, study, then go do my own research, watch what I can watch. But I, I really value these guys' opinions, man. I do. And for those who may be new to the draft community, um, I highly recommend checking those guys out, among others, right? Professor O's another good one, too. Uh, he, he's definitely plugged into the to the draft community. I know him, Star Gang. You guys will be doing stuff. So you know, make sure y'all check out Professor O. But uh, chat box is lit, man. Uh, our guy Foots came in the chat and said, much love, chat box. You guys are always dope. You guys help make this show that much better. So y'all continue to, to be great, man. Y'all continue to be great. Let me get into a little bit of the chat, matter of fact, uh, with a few questions or comments before we get out of here. Uh, I wanted to see one. Someone asked, asked about asked foot. I can't, or injury. I can't find it. Okay. Uh, Mr. Cooper says, do you think Dax calf kept them in shotgun? Honestly, Mr. Cooper, that is something. Maybe my guy, Professor O can look into the stuff like this, but that is an interesting question. Uh, I don't have the, I can go look it up, but the shotgun to under center ratio, pre-calf, post-calf, um, that could be the case. It could have been the case early. I understood coming back from the calf early, he was going to need some time. But by by the time he got towards the end of the season, you saw, you saw him running around, scrambling. I figured the calf is definitely good enough to be successful. So, again, y'all know me. I'm tough on him in that aspect. I don't put the injury situation on the failures. Um so I, I think he was good enough. But that is an interesting question, Coop. I'll go look that up to see the ratio of him under center post-calf, under center pre-calf. Uh, Professor O says, Scott, who's a sneaky good pick at 24 that people aren't talking about right now? Sneaky good. Ooh. I don't know. You tell me. Tell me who'd be the sneaky good pick at 24 that, that people aren't talking about. Because right now, I'm narrowed down to... Four positions, I think it is. Offensive line, defensive line, uh, safety, and linebacker. If I had to go between those positions, I'd say safety. Oh, y'all got to tell me if I'm out of line here because I might be a little bit of bias because I really like Brisker. Where is Brisker in regards to the draft community? 24 seems like it might be rich, but I feel like there's Daxton Hill, there's Kyle Hamilton, which y'all know I mean. I'll sell the farm for Kyle Hamilton. I, I I was just bored yesterday, I think it was, and I said, let me go watch some Kyle Hamilton cut-ups um, in our little Illuminati thing here. And I'm like, turn it off. Turn it off, Sky. Turn it off. Turn it off because you ain't got a shot. Kyle Hamilton is phenomenal. I love Kyle Hamilton. I would trade the farm and get him. Uh, but Brisker, I'd say Brisker. Like Jonathan said, we ain't taking the safety. y'all. But y'all know me. If you've been here for the last two years, I love safety play, and we need safety play. 
and we continue to ignore it for for so many years. So I'll go Brisker. What do y'all think about that? Is that a bit rich? Okay, I, I wasn't sure, John. He said I think twenty four is a little bit rich for Brisker. Um, let me see. Or brisket. I'm sorry, I said Brisker. Brisket. <laughs> Let me see uh, what we got here. Daxton Hill is a sneaky good pick. Okay, so we're talking safety. 4-3 guy who can cover uh, out of the slot. I saw my guy Law say, do you have Daxton Hill as a safety or a nickel corner? If I'm going to take him, he's safety. I think you got enough nickel guys on this team. Someone said Tyler Linderbaum. I, I don't I don't think he'd be under the radar. I don't think he'd be under the radar. I think he is he's over the radar. Everybody loves some Tyler Linderbaum. Kirby Joseph as a day two guy. What about 24? What about 24, uh, Stevie Mack? And Andy said, you know the Cowboys won't go safety in round one. Only way they would go safety in round one is if one of the blue chip guys fell to him in round one. Like in 2017, I think, 2018, um, FSU product. Always have a brain fart with him. If he happened to be there, I do think Dallas would have took him. When they have the, they took obviously Roy Williams in the top five in 2003 or two. I can't remember which year it was. If they fall to him, like the number one guy falls to them, maybe they take him. Other than that, I feel like if they don't get the guy, they're waiting until, what, round three at the late. And honestly, that's real early. I don't even say round three. They're waiting until like round four, five, six to take a safety. So, uh, Michael. Derwin James, thank you. Michael with the question of the day. Sky, would you take Jordan Davis at 24? Boy, man, I, that, he was the second guy I just did. If you go go and look at the brief, real quick, brief uh, profiles for these draft prospects, every Monday we're going to try to drop just a brief one to get people familiar with some of these guys. Man, old day, as one of my old heads used to say. I, I, I'd be hard-pressed to say no. Who's there? Who else is on the board, right? Obviously, who else is on the board, but... I've been wanting and clamoring this this ridiculously talented one tech freak for a very long time. I was one who wrote. I have a you can go on Facebook and check it out. Via Vita Vea, no matter what. I I had that. I think it was the same year as is uh, Leighton Vanderesh. I think I was a Vita Vea, no matter what. I wanted him. I'm going to say, yeah, man, I take him. If it's offense line or defensive line, I'm cool. DT, let me be specific. Defensive tackle, offensive line, I'm cool for the most part. Uh, besides Lance Zerline, who, Lance Zer, 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 Zerline, he dropped a mock draft that had the Cowboys. I can't even pronounce the dude's name. Taking a project tackle over a ton of dudes who were still on the board. I'm not trying to take a project tackle at 24. I'm not trying to do that. I think that's the guy right there, Stephen White. Special K said Davis over Wyatt would be the decision. I will go Davis because, uh, again, if Wyatt or the, the, the Perion Winfrey's, the three techs, right, if those guys fall to you later in the draft, day two-ish in the draft, 
depends how the board falls to you. But you you got guys there that I think you feel good about, right? Like I feel good about Osa. I, I truly believe Osa can be your three tech. Like your three tech stud. Who's my one tech stud? Who's my space eater pocket pusher stud right now? Bohanna's more of a rotational guy in that aspect. If you got two of them on your roster, cool. You had another guy like that in, in Hamilton and Brett Urban, um, who wasn't a pocket pusher, but he was a very steady veteran. Uh, shout out to Mauricio Rodriguez, did did some stuff on uh, Brent Urban yesterday. Who's my one tech guy? Who's my pocket pusher? Who's my space eater on the team right now, Cowboys Nation? Well, I don't got it. So so Davis, to me, and, and, and Jones, Travis Jones, to me, I would love to put on this team. See, why are you doing this to me, Micah? <laughs> Davis or Dean? How about this? I don't do I don't do mocks, but if I just was playing around with y'all right now, I do mocks after free agent. If I was playing around with y'all right now, with Dean on the board, if would y'all be mad if I passed on Dean for Davis in round, round one, but I picked up a, a, a Muma or so in round two? I'd be happy with that. But if I'm going to go Dean in round one, I got to get me. I, I, I got to get me one of these stud one techs or go sign one. Go something has to happen at that position. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Roberto said, "Yeah, Dean's a machine." I'd be pissed, guy. Yeah, he's a beast. I think you're going to be able to get a very good player at 24. Cowboys Nation shouldn't fret. Uh, I trust Will McClay. There's not a Rod Marinelli in that room. Um, to 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 go to argue Taco, TJ, to argue Tristan Hill and whomever else, right? There's not that. I think aside from those two drafts under Will McClay, I think he's been pretty good in, in day one, day two. So I, I feel good about Dan Quinn kind of saying, hey, these are the guys we're looking at. Um, do your thing. Put the board how you put it. I feel good about it. I feel good about it. All right, Cowboys Nation, man. I appreciate you guys joining me today, me and Foots the King. Excellent episode. Make sure you definitely run this back if you missed it. I'll upload the audio for you guys so you can um, have that. Uh, if you missed the roundup, we talked a little bit about Jerry and Jimmy Johnson um, and then a little bit about our rivals and the New York Giants making some good hires. Uh, but you definitely want to check out the meat potatoes of today's show. Foots was awesome. He was awesome. With that said, y'all, let me go ahead and press this button. Get up out of here. I will catch you guys tomorrow, my last day, actually, because I'm heading back up to Pennsylvania uh, this weekend. So tomorrow, last day, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, Super Bowl matchup coming up. And I think we'll do Fan Friday on Thursday, so we'll drop the mailbag segment. Check out my guy Mauricio Rodriguez tonight, A to Z Sports Primetime. And for all articles surrounding Dallas Cowboys, A to Z Sports.com slash Dallas. We out of here. Love you. Peace. And shout out to Stevie Mac slash CD Mac, the mod guy.
I want me some glory hope.